once said a sign of a good leader is not how many followers you have but how many leaders you create hello everyone and welcome to nerdy optometrist this is your host ukti vora our guest for today is a leader in the eye care industry and not just eye care industry he has done a lot of work in very various other domains in this conversation we are going to learn a lot more about his journey in eye care and the other areas of expertise that he has to offer our guest for today is mr vinod daniel he is currently the managing trustee of india vision institute ivi a collaboration between lb prasad eye institute and the brian holden vision institute to assist with uncorrected refractive error in about 100 million people in india as well as assist in developing a vision industry for india his work is definitely a journey which is an inspiration for all of us and it's a pleasure to have him for this podcast episode thank you so much mr daniel for being my guest thank you so much uti it's a pleasure to be here and thanks for taking the time to talk to me it's an honor sir i actually am going to dive directly into my questions because i have a huge list which uh, i have to cover within the short time i have you so to begin with uh, my favorite question is a little bit about your background i know when i did a little bit of research and digging into it it's nowhere in eye care or optometry but you are the leader who is actually you know focusing in this segment so let me know how did this you know how did your journey begin and tell me a little bit about your background sir sure um see my background is i'm a chemical engineer so i went to i mean i studied in, at iit mm-hmm. delhi and then after that i did my masters in the us uh and um you know my career actually uh, took my chemical engineering into the museum sector so that that's that's where i made uh, my 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 career i i used to work for the getty museum in los angeles then i worked for the australian museum then i was working globally quite a bit uh, on projects so i worked in about 40 different countries and i sit in a number of different uh, boards and uh, including the the sharing the current australian heritage network called os heritage so so that's that's very much um, you know uh, my ba- uh, which was my background then the australian foreign affairs minister at that time appointed me to one of the boards in foreign affairs in australia mm-hmm. and during that time um, i got to be professor brian holden who was also part of that particular board and brian as most of the the listeners would know uh, is a pioneer in the eye care sector especially in in, in optometry absolutely and he, yeah and he had a big heart for india so i used to come to india uh, for my uh, museum related uh, aspects he used to come with regard to optometry and we started talking and then he was very keen to do something to assist india with regard to uncorrected refractive error mm-hmm. and that's very much how ivi was formed ivi is an independent trust established it's an initiative of uh, lv prasad and brian holden uh, but it it operates as as a totally independent legal entity within india our prime interest is to assist india with regard to uncorrected refractive error in short our our mission is short it says augment primary eye care capacity of india that that's such a wonderful i mean from museum to eye care and you know leading uh, this institute i definitely would want to know you did share you know how how you met professor brian holden and we all know the legacy he has left and the impact he has created in indian optometry but how did you the transition happen where you started getting more involved in ivi 
you know making that apart from your current museum piece which is already keeping you busy i'm sure how did you started you know moving towards the ivi sector yeah look i mean um i i moved from the us to australia and i've been in australia since 95 but in 2010 i made a conscious decision to leave full time employment mm-hmm. and i wanted to do something on the social front in india and this was the right time when uh, when i met brian and and uh, you know when i i noticed um, the huge enthusiasm he had plus also the big need in india Mm-hmm. um you know including probably more than 100 million um, people needing access to a pair of spectacles but don't having access to it right what can we do to make that that kind of a difference um you know i thought i should commit uh, a percentage of my time to do that um i have a very good team that that supports me we have a team of close to 15 plus professional staff including about eight optometrists Uh, so you know it's 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 great to work with a great team and a great vision absolutely but it all happens when we have great leaders like yourself and professor brian holden of course <laughs> So thank you so much sir. talking about the refractive error we did chat this a little bit you know offline of uh, the impact when we are talking about you know providing vision we just feel that hey i'm just you know providing a pair of spectacles but what impact can it have say for a child or an adult if you could share a little bit based on your experience yeah sure look i mean i think in a country like india there are millions probably tens of millions maybe even more than 100 million people who need access to a pair of spectacles but don't have access to it right now what does that basically mean you know for a child 80% of what a child studies uh, is visual so if they don't have a pair of glasses they probably don't study as well and research has shown that uh, you know um, children normally do much better at studies if they can see the board well right um now with adults a lot of people as they get older they need access to a pair of spectacles if not their productivity goes down their earning capacity goes down they say both the productivity and earning capacity can go down by as much as 30% not having a pair of spectacles right the chances of them having an accident is more uh, there's a whole range of other social impacts right uh, india as a country um i i i understand uh, you know just the productivity loss is in several billions of us dollars uh, and often uh, you know uh, the, the factors that contribute to this issue is one is um, uh, lack of awareness that this is what they need all they need is just a pair of glasses the second issue is access access right. to an optometrist who can test and provide them a pair of glasses now both are important factors in the latter india needs about 120000 trained optometrists but at this point it's got less than 40000 trained optometrists so it's got hardly one third and hence the problem is uh, most of the trained optometrists tend to be in tier 1 and 2 cities the main cities in india and the smaller cities and the villages right. get left out so that's the magnitude of the problem and that's that's what we are trying to do is to make a small difference you know in in solving this well small difference i have to differ on that word because i i personally know what huge impact you're doing and not just you know providing glasses but you all are focused on various other aspects as well which i would like to discuss in a little bit 
but talking about you know scaling as you mentioned now uh, you know majority of the optometrist or practicing optometrist are you know in the cities or the uh, major areas now in healthcare when you're trying to provide not just uh, not just glasses but quality eye care in remote areas and scaling this to the level where ivi is could be very challenging can you tell me how was that challenge and how are you able to scale it and you know reach these rural parts of india look i mean i i think there are several great ngos that are doing you know amazing work in india including delhi prasada institute you know the work that shroff charity hospital does uh, cl gupta I mean, there, there are many many you know great uh, ngos that do extensive work in our case right. what we decided to do was again on two fronts so on the practical front to screen and to provide support we tried to focus quite a bit on children especially school children who need access to a pair of spectacles so our focus has been to work with the corporation and the tribal school system where underprivileged kids go these are the kids who probably don't on a regular basis um, go get their eyes checked i mean a, a significant percent maybe as much as 90 95% of them have never had their eyes checked so if we can work with an established school system structure and 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 make a difference you know we thought that would be great and so that's been you know our our interest Uh, we've done you know several uh, hundreds of thousands of screenings and providing glasses so far we are also launching a major campaign where we want to touch uh, up to a million kids over the next 3 years so this has been a very very strong focus we also tend to work with adults and communities and again adults and communities it's a small aspect in what we do because we tend to often work only on the uncorrected refractive aspect when it comes to adults there are a number of other things that are important including cataracts and other aspects we do work with hospitals but we don't cover the whole gamut of of eye care uh, hence you know we've been going a bit slower on the adults we tend to screen provide classes and then refer them to the other providers who can help them with other things so so far we we we've screened and provided classes to over maybe 400000 individuals so far i think i have to highlight one very important thing that you mentioned here even being uh, ivi being an independent institution organization how collaboration can make wonders but even though you are focusing on you know kids and providing uh, glasses for uncorrected vision collaborating with major ngos and institutions that do take care of adults as well i think that's a, a huge thing which is needed in the eye care industry overall the collaboration can actually help in scaling and providing the best eye care and the healthcare uh, for any country that we are working towards yeah no i i totally agree i mean i think uh, collaborating with other ngos and hospitals is important we never do a screening anywhere without collaborating with a major hospital uh, mm-hmm. as a referral partner the other thing also to keep in mind is i think the biggest and the best infrastructure often is with the government it's important to collaborate with the government whether it's a primary healthcare center or whatever it is or the school system or whatever they're all part of the government so it's it's important to work you know both with the government and the the um, uh, non-profit sector right in 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 the difference the government does um, a good job but i guess they also have their limitation in resources so part of our 
our interest and, and mandate is, you know, how to probably assist and, and fill a, a particular gap there. Right, absolutely. I think what you highlighted makes uh, uh, makes it so much more valuable. Thank you for sharing that. Now, talking about four major core areas where IVI is working, uh, is definitely working in the sector of eye health awareness, which you mentioned. You are also working at continue education and realizing you know the need and the gap that you just mentioned that there are 40,000 odd optometrists or eye care professionals available but the requirement is way too high even though this is like a global gap which everyone is trying to build but in India it's huge yeah. uh, you'll also have programs in leadership and research so I want us to touch all these four areas and how did you know how each of them works if you can talk a little bit about to begin with eye health awareness you know how are things planned or how the programs executed in their segment yeah so you know in terms of awareness um you know as i mentioned before i think one of the biggest impediments is people are not aware that all they need is to go and get the eyes checked right and get a pair of glasses often cost is not the biggest impediment but people not knowing Mm -hmm. and people not having access to um, some place where they can go and get their eyes checked so what we've done is, um, you know, in a, in a smaller way, in many cities, we've had um, uh, large awareness walks. So we have a thing called Walk in the Dark, where yeah. we work with a blind school and uh, we um, blindfold certain people. We get key dignitaries, including, you know, movie stars and, and other celebrities. And, and, and the key thing is um, then the media becomes a great partner in taking the message across. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to note that it's it's usually often the the rural the local language media that plays a bigger part because that's your target audience. So that's yeah. So I, I think right. you know in terms of awareness, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, one of the project where you know we had a bigger role was a project uh, through the Fred Hollows Foundation, uh, working in in Uttar Pradesh. Um, it was quite a large project working with a range of partners. Uh, called the, the campaign was called the See Now campaign. In the See Now campaign, um, mm-hmm. the person whose face really drove the campaign was Amitabh Bachchan. So he did work very closely with Fred Olos. There's a whole bunch of promotional messages that came, and and that went all the way to the rural end. And the message was simple, saying, "Go get your eyes checked." But the additional level was to make sure there are mechanisms available. For, that, for them to go and get their eyes checked, whether it is, you know, a vision center or a major hospital or even having camps, which could be the first point of contact. So we made sure, you know, that access was possible and also people were aware uh, that this is, uh, uh, this is something that needs to happen. Um, so overall, I think India being such a big country, it's, it's extremely important that we keep pushing uh, the awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel the walk in the dark. I have been part of it when I was back in my optometry school because we did have these walks like everywhere all across. I think it was World Side Day or something where we had the walk uh, organized by every optometry institute mm-hmm. just to promote and, you know, create that awareness so yes definitely that did did help uh, at least even though there's awareness even in cities right. people don't take it seriously they're like huh, i don't have any eye problems so i feel as much as we are not able to cater the rural part we did create a little awareness campaign even yeah. in the cities like mumbai 
Now, can you tell me about the continuing education, the leadership program, and the research, which are the other three major components which IVI, you know, is focused and investing in? Yeah. Um. You know, we were very keen to to be of assistance to other existing bodies when it comes to education, continuing education. So I think over the the past um, eight eight years since IVA was initiated, we've done hundreds of programs um, in, in many different fronts, right from helping some of the academic institutions, some of the the teachers who teach there on on some of the teaching methodologies. We've also done quite a lot of programs on targeted topics that were of interest you know to professionals we worked with um, with a, a lot of people who work in the ophthalmic sector who haven't had much continuing education in in terms of strengthening them you know on on certain aspects so we carried a whole range we also have worked uh, you know quite a bit with uh, the the student uh, community in getting uh, top um, people from around the world to give occasional talks i mean monthly talks so that they could interact and get to know on what's happening you know around the world so our focus right. has has been not to run a graduate um, level program but to work with others who are running that and see how we could support and also currently as i mentioned before you have close to 40000 people in the sector out of that maybe um, you know 75% are not fully trained so those people also need quite a bit of continuing education and support you know in 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 what they do so that's been you know one key focus in terms of research um you know in the beginning we started with a greater emphasis on phd's you know getting more phd in the sector and we did give out some scholarships and we had you know a few people who did receive scholarships but then we realized um it's not that easy to find candidates because again the research culture needs to happen from a much more younger stage so you know we are focusing quite a bit in terms of undergraduate students supporting research projects having competitions and other things so that you know their research is is uh, appreciated and highlighted and and so we are doing a, a range of things you know in that front and even our conference right now you know the one that that we are putting together that's happening uh, next week in october 3rd and 4th is also going to be a good forum where many of these people are going to come and present their latest research findings so we have more than 160 submissions wow probably more than um, you know 70% would be from india so so i think you know all this does help so it's to get the research culture going and and to support you know where that's needed leadership um it's a young sector like any young sectors uh, it's important that some of the younger people you know get that that broader awareness on what it is to be a leader and 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 take the profession forward as the profession grows as the profession becomes quite significant it's important that that we have good leaders who can then you know take over and with that in mind we have established a young leadership program and we have worked with close to 45 you know young people over a five year period so that they are exposed to what leadership is both theoretically as well as talking to people who are leaders the field globally and 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 the idea you know is is very much to equip them whether they want to take the role of heading a institution or an educational 
um, provider or uh, be part of an, uh, an association or whatever it is. Right. Uh, you need those people to have that exposure and, and leadership. So, you know, all these things are, are things we're working closely with. And I mean, like every other trust, we also depend very closely on, on working with partners who support us. So we're very thankful to a lot of the industries who have been very generous in providing support for IVI. That's wonderful. I have to actually highlight two things where you said about research and leadership. I did have a conversation with another guest where they said research is a very integral part to uh, to grow a profession and create its identity. We might, and when I started research, a bit of a research back in my optometry uh, college days, we remember there was not much work done in India. You could find hundreds of research papers which have been published outside India and the data might not be even relevant to your population. So encouraging research and you know putting the, that out is definitely creating a lot of positive impact in the optometry mm. profession uh, here. And another thing when we talk about leadership, I feel uh, that's again what I've learned from another guest is the mindset. We, in schools and institutions, we are mainly focused on creating a mindset of being a clinician or an amazing optometrist, but imbibing this idea or a mindset of being a leader, even at that age, can really impact in you know bringing up the change that we are looking in the profession. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I totally agree, and and I think um, um, you know when when you're young, you're not too set, right. and and that's part of the reason why we got the young leaders program. And and I think you need both theory and also you need exposure. Right. So, I mean, you, you look. I mean, I really appreciate what you're doing because you're there. You're talking to people and you're doing some very pioneering work. And the more you talk to people, the more your your world grows. Absolutely, and, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's what we do. The young leaders is we get some of the top people in the world to come do sessions, interact. We also work a little bit with journalists and others in terms of communicating. Because it doesn't matter how good you are and what you do, if you can't communicate, oh yes, if you don't really succeed, then there is also this big struggle between what is leadership, what is management. Yes. Leadership is lonely, so you know people need to understand that, you know that that it's not you know always being good and doing the right thing. So once in a while you've got to put the neck on the line. Then you know how do you how do you kind of survive in that kind of world? So, so a range of topics. Sir. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Now, as you highlighted, you know, during that information about leadership and research about the upcoming virtual conference, I think it is very important for us to focus and talk about it as uh, a little bit about what that conference is all about. And, you know, what are we trying to cover and accomplish in that? Look, I mean, this conference, um, you know, we have always wanted to do a large face-to-face conference. Now, that's not possible. Hopefully, you know, in years to come, yeah. it may be possible. So right now, we thought we should um, we should actually do a large online, but try and replicate uh, what may happen in a face-to-face conference. So this particular conference, we do have, you know, lectures, we do have uh, virtual exhibition booths, we do have places where the delegates can talk to each other. And right now, it's it's actually uh, got to a stage, I mean, we got a week to go, but we got close to 1,100 plus delegates. And we also have delegates from you know, more than 36 countries. And we have some of the best people in the world who are giving keynote talks, including, uh, you know, the chair of LV Prasada Institute, Arvind, 
somebody from the world health organization is speaking somebody from the us is speaking on myopia uh, and and we got you know some some great panels and and other things happening we also have a lot of invited papers that are being presented uh, you know like i mentioned before we had close to 160 submissions out of that you know a number of papers have been shortlisted others are going to be part of the poster session so we have parallel sessions every afternoon and plenary sessions every morning so we it's a two day conference with um, you know again the, the main sessions in the morning and all the parallel sessions in the afternoon we are trying to fit as much as we can there's a virtual uh, uh, exhibition which is part of the conference the day before the conference there's going to be a, a number of uh, pre conference workshops and and again all the delegates are free to register uh, then that the previous evening we got one of our Uh, sponsors actually a platinum sponsor laxotica they're going to organize a talk on you know fashion inside so in terms of the thinking behind uh, how they um, you know get the spectacles done uh, and, and 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 they are leaders in what they do so it's it's going to be a great opportunity i strongly encourage a lot of people to to just log in and and be part of the conference we kept the registration fee to a, to a bare minimum i think it, it it would be very easy for everybody to be part of it our idea is so that we can get more people who can who can actually reach out and 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 benefit from that's it. wonderful uh, just for all the listeners i will be adding i'll be adding the link in my description to register and you know just check out the ivi website as well as the upcoming conference and i would definitely definitely recommend Uh, as much as we all wish to have a real face to face conference to have those networking events meeting people which you would not otherwise meet but currently the entire world is going virtual and that's what even the conference is titled the i health in a changing world and it's actually changing in every aspect so i would definitely encourage everyone to be part of this conference and do check out the link in my description to you know register and join the event all right i do have a fun segment which i call rapid fire uh, inspired from many talk shows you know something which brings people at the edge uh, so the rules are simple i'll be asking you questions and the first word or the que- uh, you know first answer that comes across do share and it's going to be a little more fun and candid so we would like to see the fun side of mr daniel here all right so are you ready sir Yeah. Perfect. So I definitely know that you're part of like you know two professions, uh, yeah. one in chemical engineering and now in eye care. If it wasn't for these two segments, which other profession or role do you see yourself in? A good question. I I probably would have enjoyed being a sport administrator. I think sports has got a lot to offer. Oh, wonderful! And you know, I you know I I do meet with a lot of sport people. So you know, I I guess being part of that sector would have been quite exciting. that leads to my another question is there any sport that you love to play or you did play back uh, look i mean i think like most people we used to dabble with a lot of sports i used to really love basketball uh huh and, and i do follow uh, uh, you know basketball a bit uh, in 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 a, in a global level but otherwise i i watch more sport uh, you know based again on time either the highlights or if it's a shorter format game the whole thing all right wonderful next question If we were to write an autobiography about your journey, definitely I would recommend anyone hearing please write a, a book about his journey. It's truly inspirational. 
but if you were to write a book about uh, your journey what would the title be uh, i tried ah, i loved it and i have to i i would write and you succeeded and inspired <laughs> well i <laughs> look i mean i i am i'm happy to try i mean i think all of us need to try and whatever happens it's 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 beyond our control if we don't try then i guess we're missing out on something absolutely absolutely all right next question what do you do on your time off whenever you do get that what is your idea of relaxation or you know taking uh, your time off um, i mean usually every day i try to fit at least one hour of exercise so including walking and doing something oh. so you know that that's mm-hmm. part of my routine and i that helps me to wind down i also do enjoy um, mm-hmm. an evening catch up with um, with you know friends and family and others uh, and and you know a nice um, quiet evening with the dinner and uh, you know spending some time it's good um i uh, professionally I, i i travel quite a lot so you know i do enjoy going to new places and seeing new cultures wonderful talking about traveling my next question which has been your favorite destination yeah um see in, in terms of um uh, you know my my travel i do love living cultures you know cultures that are quite vibrant uh so two places that i love are one is in in myanmar in burma called the burma uh, a place called bagan i love bagan mm-hmm. then there is um, you know in laos next to cambodia uh the the old capital luang prabang mm-hmm. all these are extremely rich i mean both are very mm-hmm. strong buddhist sites and 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 i think both are my favorite destination mm-hmm. wonderful talking about food i'm sure it's everyone's favorite topic which is your favorite cuisine or you know a specific dish that you love to uh, enjoy uh, i i do experiment but i do love um you know korean a little bit so you know if if a, a bit of a korean Uh, barbecue you know which has got uh, you know the right marination and the taste i mean i i guess as indians we do love you know the the, the flavor we still have the indian tongue and i think korean works really well i agree i agree to that 100% i'm also a korean food yeah. fan <laughs> all right um, if you had to change one thing in optometry curriculum or add something in an optometry curriculum what would that be um see i'm not a you know very technical person there but what i really would uh, add is uh, the whole thing on entrepreneurship i think we need more, so more people people actually going out and establishing outlets because i think one of the biggest needs is for a number of these optoms to go there and 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 establish themselves especially when it comes to the tier 3 four cities and villages you know what's involved in getting that done yeah. uh, and 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 yeah. succeeding i think you know would be important because i think that's what india really needs now is more outlets outside the means absolutely absolutely all right with that we do end our rapid fire thank you so much for sharing the candid side of your life we really enjoyed it and before i let you go uh, one last take away message that you would like to share with all my listeners the the needs are very high in india and i think all the optometrists who are here uh, listening i think you're doing a great job what you're doing is so meaningful uh, it's so important for india just just keep doing it 
and 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 keep um, you know uh, uh, doing your outreach efforts uh, and if you can uh, please do reach out a bit more outside the main cities of india i think that is a very very important message that you share of you know maybe not move completely out of the main cities but do contribute through various camps or you know various organizations where you can contribute yeah, some time yeah. to provide your expertise and skills which might not be available in those rural parts of the country so uh, with that thank you so much mr yeah. daniel for sharing uh, you know all the insights and your stories uh, the the behind the scene how you know everything happened and we truly appreciate everything and all the efforts done by ivi thank you so much for spending this wonderful time with me thank you so much for being here